Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. He shouldn't ask for a coin. He should ask for a healing. Verse 4, But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said to him, Look at us. You make eye contact, yes? Now, when people are begging, a lot of times you don't make eye contact, right? Because they're going to run up to you, right? They're going to have their, their cup, their pan, their sign. They're going to pound on your window. So a lot of times we try to avoid the eye contact. But they're making eye contact. They're starting a conversation because God is going to do something great. Verse 5. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them, a dollar, right, a coin. But Peter said, I do not possess silver and gold. The bummer is the apostles are poor, you know, empty pockets, yes. Can I tell you, Jesus was poor. What did he say? I don't even have a, 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 a bed, a pillow, I use a rock, you know, uh, they were worried, how are we going to pay our taxes, Jesus? We don't have any money. And Jesus is like, go fishing. You're going to catch this fish. You're going to pull out this gold coin. We'll pay our bills. <laughs> Can I tell you, Jesus and the disciples are poor. They're saying, we don't have any money. We're broke. I went to a pastor's fellowship here in Reno and Sparks and uh, at pastor's luncheon, and they were saying, oh, Pastor John, how goes it? And he said, oh, I'm, I'm broke. You know, it's tough times, this recession. You know, the church is getting by, but it's hard to pay our bills. We're kind of broke. And boy, some of the pastors jumped me. And they said, no wonder you're broke, because you're doing negative confession. You should say, I'm rich. I'm a king's kid. I've got all this money. But that's not true. I am broke. <laughs> And they said, but if you claim it and you say these positive words, you will get it. You should not say negative confession. And I thought about right here. They're saying, I don't have any silver or gold. We're broke. I look at Jesus saying, I don't own anything. I'm broke. You know, I'm, uh, the Bible says, a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. That sounds negative. Jesus said, they persecuted me. They're going to persecute you. That sounds negative. The apostle Paul said, God, you know, said, my grace is sufficient. I won't take the thorn of the flesh from you. That's negative. <laughs> Can I tell you that's reality? That's the world we live in with heartbreak and sorrow and difficulties and problems and persecution. But Jesus promises to get us through. The Bible doesn't promise you roses, a rose garden and riches. It promises you the presence of God. Silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk, rise up, and walk. Something better than money. You know, there's people would give all the money they have to be healed. A healing is more expensive than money. 
The name of Jesus is the most powerful thing. If it's used by believers, if it's received by believers, if it's spoken in the name of Jesus Christ, you're healed. Rise up and walk. I don't have money, but I have something better than money. I have Jesus. Can I tell you the church gets a lot of solicitation, pay my bills, a lot of phone calls, a lot of visits. Can I tell you we don't got a lot of money. (laughs) We always give food, we always give clothes, but we usually don't pay people's bills. We struggle to pay our own bills, but we have something better than money. We have Jesus. And when you receive Christ, when you follow his word, the principles of the scripture, it not only gives you a job and a money and a house and relationships and heals you and changes you and delivers you and change, you know, puts everything together. That's more valuable than giving someone a buck, right? To change your whole life from now on. You know, they say, give, give a man a fish. But if you teach him to fish... And I could give you a buck, but if I change your life through the power of Christ, that's what you really need, right? So I don't give you money. I give you Jesus. And the Spirit of Christ gives you a healing, a miracle. We have to open our eyes like Peter and John and see the hurting people, the paralyzed people, the broken people, to make contact. There's times I've wanted to just, you know, give someone a buck, buy him a hamburger, and the Holy Spirit said, no, you're going to take them to McDonald's and you're going to sit with them. You're going to talk to them. You're going to pray with them and you're going to give them a hug. And sometimes when I've ministered to the homeless, I'm like, but Lord, he smells and he doesn't have a bath and, and he's all sweaty and he's crying and he's slobbering all over me and Jesus is like, you give him my love and you hug him. (laughs) Sometimes that's hard. To see like Jesus saw, he looked upon the masses, the common people, and he saw them with compassion, with love. So as Christians, we can't always just drive by the broken people. You know, that person crying, that person hurting at work, next door, that person in need, you got to stop. You got to love them, listen to them, help them, encourage them, and give them Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Give them Jesus. Verse 7. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were straightened. It was a supernatural miracle from God. A friend of mine, everyone got all excited. I had missed church, and they said, you know, so-and-so got healed at church. And I'm like, I don't believe it. That lame guy with his crutch, he's been that way for years. You guys just think he got healed. Oh, no, he got healed. And he ran up to me, and he's dancing, and with his cane, he's holding it in the air, and he's running circles around me, and he says, do you believe now that God healed me? (laughs) Yeah, I believe. It's awesome. It's obvious that God healed you. I've seen actual healings, just like this lame man, through the power of Christ, supernatural, immediate, 
Verse 8, with a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. And he entered the temple with him, walking and leaping and praising God. Imagine you've never been able to walk. You ain't going to just walk like this. You're going to be dancing and jumping and showing off. Look at my new legs, and I got power and strength, and I can dance to the Lord. Powerful. Jesus is the key. We got any computer buffs? Maybe you do the, the smartphone and the little eye tablet, is it? You know, and the computers and the programs and the social medias. Now, here's the key with the programs. You got to have the password. You got to know the secret code. It gets you in. Without the code, there is no access. Access denied. Can I give you the secret code, the most powerful code in the world? It's easy. J-E-S-U-S. Jesus. Jesus is the code. Jesus is the most powerful access to the throne of God to have your life changed, to get your healing, your miracle, your breakthrough, your deliverance. It's Jesus. That's the secret. If you put faith in his name. Now let me point out something about our apostles. They are the highest on the list of giftings. They're on the top. It's apostles, then it's kind of pastors and different teachers and different giftings. The apostles were over the churches, the regions of churches. They formed the council of the universal church. They, they wrote Holy Scripture. They spoke for God. They were so gifted. And I believe Jesus himself chose his apostles I know Judas commits suicide, the church votes in Matthias, but I think Jesus himself comes down from heaven and chooses the Apostle Paul as the twelfth. The apostles had a special anointing, gifting, and I would use this word, they had authority. Now, when I've witnessed miracles and been a part of them, we've had people come, lay hands on them, anoint them with oil, call the elders, and I pray, you know, Jesus, heal this person. If it be your will, you know, God, heal this person. Can I tell you, apostles do it different. They grab you and they command, you are healed. They have an authority and a power. It's incredible. Now, there's many churches and cults today that say they have an apostle. Oh, he writes scripture. He speaks for God. He rules over our church. And I say, but if he's really an apostle, where's the miracles? Where's the authority like the apostles of the scriptures? Is he truly an apostle chosen by Christ? You see it. They grab him. Stand up and walk. We command it. The authority and the power of Christ transferred to the apostles. He is dancing. And you know what he gets to do? He gets to go to church. He gets to go to God's holy temple. Now, the Jews had many synagogues. He could go to synagogue. But being handicapped, he was banned from going to the holy temple. Did you know that? Leviticus twenty-one sixteen through 23 banned all handicapped people 
from God's holy and perfect temple. If you were blind, if you were lame, if you were bleeding, if you were sinful, if you were wicked, you had to be clean and whole. You had to wash yourself. You had to do sacrifice in order to go to God's holy house. And the handicapped were banned. And I've even seen on the internet people, they're so mad at God. God is so cruel. Why is he prejudiced against the handicapped? But they don't understand. Because the temple is a picture of heaven. And you see, in heaven, there will be no handicap. There will be no lame, no blind, no sick, because God will heal us all. We will be whole and perfect and clean and without sin. I think of the famous Johnny Erickson Tata, who's in a wheelchair handicapped, you know, and she draws with her mouth, and the famous drawing of her wheelchair with a for sale sign, and it sits at the gates of heaven. Because she's abandoning it, because she is healed. And see, the temple is a picture that we will get our healing. There will be no sickness and pain and death. The curse is gone. So for the first time, he gets up and he goes into the holy temple. He watches the priests, the sacrifices. He sings, he dances, because he's healed and he's whole. We need to dispense Jesus, give him out, talk about him, use him as our medicine, yes. Pray over people, bring people to Jesus Christ, he's the key. Witness Jesus' healing power, verse 9. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg alms, his ugly sickness before the beautiful gate. There's people that couldn't approach Jesus. They had leprosy and blood and diseases and they were unclean. And the holy, clean God touches sinful man men filled with sickness and, and rotting flesh, and he makes us whole. The purity of Christ heals us and makes us pure. The blood of Christ washes away our sins. Weren't you the one? Weren't you that beggar? I passed you every time I went to church. You'd hold up your sign. You'd shake your little tin cup, you know? wanting more coins, everybody carrying you so dependent. Weren't you the one your life was messed up and you were all strung out on drugs? Weren't you the one you're kind of sleeping around and partying and bar hopping and doing those crazy things? You were depressed, you wanted to commit suicide. Weren't you the one so helpless and, and so lost and broken and now your act is together? and you're whole, and you're achieving things, and you're doing great things, and, and you love God, and you're like a miracle. Yes, <laughs> that was me. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Verse 11, 
while he was clinging, grabbing onto Peter and John, all the people ran together to them at the so-called portal of Solomon full of amazement. See the miracle. I just got saved. God changed my life. I forgive you. He's healed me. He gave me a breakthrough. I got my answer to prayer. I got delivered. Man, I've met people coming in this church, and they're like, Pastor John, I played with the devil. I made a pact with a demon, and it's in my soul, and I cannot get it out. And I've took them because I don't like to be outnumbered. I've took them to other pastors in a church, and there's more of us than them, and we get it out. And it's nasty, and I don't like being around, and it's evil, and it scares me, and it come, and they're like whole and healthy, and what happened? Oh man, the weirdest things happen. You won't believe it, you know. And they're like, it's gone. I'm free, and the, Jesus came into my life, and I'm a new person. Hey, and you know when you cleanse someone, you use the name of Jesus when you set them free. In the name of Jesus, I bind you. In the name of Jesus, I cast you out. Sin is like that. You must bind it and break it through the power of the cross, through the power of the blood, and through the powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the access code. I saw this bizarre movie with Steve Martin called Leap of Faith. It's kind of a comedy He's a fake healer, and he sets up his tent, and he dances, and he's all Pentecostal, and and he has an earpiece where he hears the prophecies are fed to him, and they set people up for fake healings, and they have their plants, and, and he's a charlatan bringing in all this money, and he wears the gold and the glitter. <laughs> Leap of faith. Until he witnesses a little boy who's lame, who's healed by Jesus Christ himself in front of him. And he realizes there's a real God and a real Savior who heals. And he closes up the tent and he quits his business because he realizes God is for real. Leap of faith. But I think you need to take a leap of faith, not trusting in men, but trusting in Christ. A leap of faith to put your faith in Jesus, not your faith in people and an institution, not your faith in yourself, faith in your faith, no, faith in Christ, not faith in your words. Well, it's what I say, no, it's what God says that matters. Put faith in the word of God. Faith in Christ. You know, everyone has faith. Even atheists have faith. Faith in men, faith in science. I was just talking to an atheist, and I said, you know those science books? You know how often they change them and rewrite them and revisionists, and they they try to keep fixing all their mistakes? If you look at the science books and you just go back a hundred years, do you know how many errors and stupidity things are in them? But can I tell you the word of God has not been rewritten and revised. 
It's the same for thousands of years. And I would say, how could they know these things? You know, how could they? In the Bible, it says the world is round when the scientists said it was flat. You know, the Bible says the stars are endless like the sands of the sea when ancient science says, oh, there's a few hundred stars. You know, the Bible talks about germs and contaminations and before scientists knew. Put your faith in God. Put your faith in his word. What is the point of this? Rise up and walk. Is that you? Are you lame? Are you crippled? Are you paralyzed? Are you addicted? Are you handicapped? Are you held back? Do people have to carry you? You cannot function. You can't cope. Jesus can set you free. He can heal you. He can make you whole. He can empower you, get you out of your pit, your despair, your sin. You know, I realize not everyone's healed. I've prayed for more people that weren't healed than were. But if it was me, because I've been in the hospital more than once and I was supposed to die a couple times, I'm like, pray for me. <laughs> I want my healing. I want my recovery. You know, a year and a half ago, I was Washoe, uh, renowned hospital. I was supposed to die. Pray for me. My appendix ruptured, you know, the poison's killing my vital organs. Pray for me. Had like 35 visitors. Pray for me. Reading the scriptures, praying. Praying the name, Jesus Christ, heal me. Hey, if it was me, I'd go for it. I'd ask God for my healing, my miracle, my breakthrough, because what if you get it? <laughs> What if you get saved? What if God does that most incredible thing that everyone says is impossible and he does it for you? I've, I've seen it. I've, I've been a part of those miracles. In the name of Jesus, there is salvation, deliverance, healing, miracles. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we must learn to be sensitive, obedient, and yielded to the Spirit of Christ. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? We need to follow his will and be a part of his work and experience his fruit and his gifts and allow him to manifest that in our life. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. He's the gentle dove, and he's the power of God, and he works wonders, and he heals and delivers, and he fixes us. He's our comforter. He's given to us by Jesus. Jesus has given us something good, not bad. Speak the name of Christ. 
Say, Lord Jesus Christ. When I'm serious with God, I do the long version like some of the Bible verses. Lord Jesus Christ, heal me, touch me. Speak it with inspiration, with boldness, with faith. Call upon his name. Believe in his name. Experience his name as your very power source. Use the name of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we call upon your name today. We need the touch of your spirit. Holy Spirit of God, touch us, heal us. We need a breakthrough, a miracle. We need you to save us today. We desperately need you. We don't need coins. We need you, Lord God. We need your answers. Show us what to do. Touch us today. For we call upon you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567, and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.